everyone, and welcome to another panel hosted by SheProp. And once again, I'm going to tell you I'm excited about this one because once again, I am. Um, today, we are talking about cosplaying original characters. So the last panel, we were doing new designs on established characters. And this one, we are starting from scratch, ground up, character, characterization, costume, everything. So I am excited to hear about the processes that these panelists use. Very excited about it, but first let's talk about SheProp. SheProp is a growing community that is focused upon supporting, empowering, and representing female, non-binary, and transgender cosplayers, artists, and makers. You can watch these panels on the SheProp YouTube channel or listen to them on the SheProp Talk podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're interested in joining us at the SheProp community, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We will add links to the show notes to help you find us, and we'd love to have you, so thank you for joining us. Now, to introduce myself, my name is Abby of Abby Cat Cosplay. I've been cosplaying for about six years, and I like to invent characters around cosplays that I make. So I actually start with the, the outfit and then develop the character after it. So it gives me an opportunity to create whatever I want, out of whatever I want and then give her the backstory afterwards. So I really like doing this. Hi, I'm Kim Chesler. I've been cosplaying for 22 years, give or take. And I like designing original characters, usually to go along with a game or a world or a LARP. Hello, I am Mama Samu. I have been cosplaying for about 14 years, um, and I love creating original characters to tell stories. I play a lot of D&D, and I've been, I grew up around the LARP community, and I really love just creating characters to explore a story and creating a costume that matches who they are. Hey, everyone. I'm Monica from geeksagogo.com and I've been cosplaying since um, 2014. Um, I love creating original characters because I, I pretty much like get them from characters that I see in movies and then kind of just make, a, make up a character with that personality. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I also like base a lot of my characters out of fashion uh, or what the latest fashion trends are. And that helps me like come up with a, an overall look for all of my original characters. I am Xander of Xander Panda Cosplay. I've been cosplaying 15 years or so. Um, original characters are just have been more fun. Um, they just allow me to be more expressive with myself because who doesn't want to be a monster? All right, so Monica, you mentioned this a little bit when you introduced yourselves, but I want to know where do you start if you are going to create an original character and cosplay it? Um, it really depends on my mood, but lately what I've been doing to create my original characters is I get in inspired a lot with fashion. Uh, I have, I, I follow a lot of like, um, a lot of fashion, houses and a lot of fashion accounts on Instagram and on Pinterest and the look of all of the people that they have like all dressed up that really inspires me a lot to create a character out of that do my own twist uh, my own spin on 
that design and turned it into a fa- a fantasy character. So um, one good example on that is my mermaid character that I did um, last year or is that a couple of years ago? Um, and I based it out of a really nice like glittery gown and I just created that character from there. And what about you, Sam? Um, well, a lot of times for me, the character tends to come first. A lot of the original characters I've created have been for uh, D&D campaigns or other uh, role-play games throughout the years. And so a lot of times I will, sometimes it'll be an accent and then the character will form from there. And from there I go, okay, who are they? What would they wear? What time period did they come from? I have a lot of times I'm inspired by history. I've recently been on a big pirate kick. So the 16 and 1700s have been a big part of my wardrobe recently when it comes to original characters. Um, Sometimes I am inspired by, I want to make someone from this era. Okay, who are they? What would they wear? Why are they wearing this? Are they noble? Are they a peasant? So having the costume reflect the character is kind of what brings me joy when it comes to creating a character. Because I'm used to creating a, a costume because, oh, that's what they're supposed, supposed to look like, as opposed to why do they look like that? So. Does anybody take a different approach to it? And I think like sometimes too, because when, when I was a kid, um, I would always mimic how characters like spoke in cartoons Mm-hmm. and that you have like, to act yes like just having to act that out and just mimicking like how like all these char- cartoon characters like talk and create my own character that way um so I I grew up in the Philippines and we have a lot of like American influence in our country so it's so nice to like get all creative when you know, getting to know all these different cartoon personalities that I watch in Saturday cartoons. <laughs> and then getting yeah. to create a character that feels like it would work with that, with those characters that you love so much. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I think of mine is a little different. Oh, um, great. Because I make LARPs. So some of the characters that I make aren't even for me. Um, like the the, the hat things there, those are for an elven race that I put in space because reasons. And why not? Yeah, because space elves, like, duh. Yeah. Uh, you so, know what? If any fantastical being on Earth was able to develop space travel, it would be the elves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're in an alliance with them, naturally. Yeah. And so I have to make like, the elven queen and the, you know, so a lot of things that aren't even going to be for me in the end. And sometimes I make the costume some, a lot, most of the time I just collaborate on the costume um, with other people or just make pieces like It's that. like a DM to the extreme creating yeah. NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do a lot of stash um, projects where I look at the materials I have figure out what I can make out of them. And so like my rag doll, I had an old quilt. I'm like, what can I make out of this old quilt? I can make a dress. Who would wear this dress? A rag doll would wear this dress. Would that rag doll be happy? Probably not. So it, for me, it starts with like, what can I make? And then out of that, who, who am I making this for? I have, I mean, somebody, you got to have a reason to put something on your body sometimes. And, and so for me, it starts with 
what I've got on hand <laughs> and the, the only person that I know that does that. Because really? I go, oh, I can use this later. And then I'm like, okay, time to do something. I'm going to design it. And then I'm going to go shopping. And then like, you just end up with like the stash and then you go out and buy stuff also. And the stash just sits there and you're like, no, I can't get rid of it. I might need it. And then you don't oh, even know what you have but, anymore. But, but I do that too, because I end up Okay, anyway, so a lot of my pieces are made out of, I want to make this style of something. I don't have a character for it. Stash fabric, apply pattern. We have a piece now, but that then goes into the costume closet. So I pull cosplays or costumes for, for original characters out of my stash of cosplays from the past 10 years of sewing. Like, like this this is a failed jester shirt. This is from a book character. My skirt is for my femme Miguel that I made from stash costumes. Like, it's it's... It's fun you're being doing, able to just be like, what can I make out of my closet? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. single one of my original characters is a stash costume. My blue fairy, my ragdoll, my, my that suit that I made. That was it's in a the reason sleeve. to use the fabric. Yeah. I mean, yep. why not? When your stash is 30 totes, you have to actually start using it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you start to feel I'm guilty. I'm very much similar. Um, so, a lot of it, it, it's the, hey, I have this really cool costume piece or whatever in my closet and then I go okay what can I put it with and then a character just kind of is born yeah um, that's how I first started definitely and and yeah basically a lot of my characters it, it's the I find this one piece that I really want to work with and then it's the okay what do I already own that I can then incorporate into it so I don't have to go buy a bunch of things I, I also think that having that approach of like, you know, this is what I've got, or this is what I'm wearing, or this is what I want to wear, and I have to develop this character around it, that helps me so much when I do photo shoots. Because yep. if, if you are doing a photo shoot and you're trying to convey an emotion, like standing and smiling pretty for the camera, like every, like that looks great. But why are you standing in that position? Why are you armed? Are you sad? Are you angry? Are you lost? Are you scary? Um, why are, are you these things? Do you have a weapon because you're going to fight or do you have a weapon because you are standing to protect? Yes. Are, are you in the woods because that's where you live and you feel very confident or are you in the woods because you're lost? Um, and I, I got to say, Abby, you're like the master of like all the different poses like oh, all of you. the poses in your photos are like all different and they all like fit the personality of that cosplay. It, it's oh, really you. good. <laughs> I don't know. If, I just want to point that out because like, you know, like I do some of the editing of the, you know, like the, the panel slides and stuff like that. And it's a different pose and I need to be more like you and be more, in character and be more original when it comes to like the posing and the expression that you you put on your face when you're being photographed is absolutely amazing. I think was, Abby tends well. to act. Abby tends to <laughs> act as the character. Like having I've I've been in character at conventions with Abby multiple times, like or for or for events, and and she is so good at just emulating that character. So when she starts moving, and the poses will just come naturally. And I think that's that's a really way to if you so get to know your character before you like throw like when you put on the costume, try to feel out the character. Like since it's your character, it's like how, how do they walk? How do they how do they hold themselves? Are they confident? Are they shy? Just 
it helps with the posing. It does. And also, it's fun. It's yeah. so much fun. It's so much fun yeah. to act as, care as if someone who's not you. Yeah. Does the approach to cosplaying an original character change if your character is in, not human? And I don't mean like an elf. I mean like, I don't know. Xander, One you said... One-eyed, blind, purple people eater? Yes. A monster. <laughs> if it has a skull head. Um, how, how does it change? How does it... Or does it change? I think it does change a bit um, because then you're not only creating a character, you might be creating a species. Um, And so you have to kind of go with, okay, this character is an alien, but what kind of alien? Why do they have these body parts and stuff that you're adding to them? Um, And and that adds to the story. Um, it, It also makes it so you can explore with why something is as it is it's the it's the uh why do they have claws just because you can or because they're on this in this environment that they were born with it and whatnot um with your purple people didn't you add a a tail yes uh, at some point and it was always it was very oversized to match with the size of the head Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, specifically the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Um, obviously started with the song. Um, There's and... also a movie. I didn't know if you know that. There's an old <laughs> yeah, movie yeah, from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't talk about the movie. <laughs> I need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to see it. So no spoilers. No, no he but yeah, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't actually exist. It's like the Avatar movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I might take your word for it then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like where I got actual inspiration to do that was um, Sci-Fi had the Jim Henson Creature Creation Competition. I don't remember if that's the exact mm. name, nice. but basically oh. they were making puppets and stuff like that. And the first commercial they did a one-eyed, one-horned, flying, purple people eater, and that was the I'm going to make my own. Um, and, and that's where I I started with that. And yeah, basically it was the, um, when I first made it, it was my very first time making a fursuit like creature and it was kind of the, okay, they eat purple people, but in the song, they want to be in a rock in a rock and roll band. And, um, basically at the time it was the, okay, what clothes do I have at the time? But as I wore it more, I've started kind of designing and wanting to incorporate the more alien aspect and the kind of the rock and roll aspect. And so I've designed a new, uh, completely new design with it because I want to remake it. And it's kind of a very, it's more retro. It's kind of like the retro space suit incorporated and I want to go kind of more rock and roll and stuff. And so it, it's the designing a story because of different things. Xander, you talking about the purple people eater is a great transition into our next topic, um, which is creating characters that exist in, a stab- in an established universe. So we know the term flying purple people eater. We've seen people create elves and dwarves from Lord of the Rings. We've seen people create side characters and NPCs from all sorts of different things. Um, And that's a little different than starting from scratch. And Kim, I do want to talk to you about that. Um, So 
how is it different when you're approaching a, a character from an established universe from starting from scratch? So one of the things I'm doing right now is that my LARP character for LARP I'm not making, I actually get to play in this one, very exciting, um, is from the Shadowhunters universe, which both is a book series and a TV show and a movie. We're not going to talk about the movie. Anyway, so... <laughs> File it next to the flying purple people. So many things. <laughs> um, so the book describes things differently than the TV show did them. Uh, the, the outfits that they wear on the TV show are very just like street clothes, like, you know, think Jessica Jones. Like, you just wear a black leather jacket and you're good to go. But in the book, they're described as being this hardened leather that's, like, magically infused with these, you know, runes and sigils and all of this stuff. And so I'm like, ooh, you know, I want to make that. And luckily, I joined a LARP where the guy was like, sure, make Shadowhunter. And I was like, I would not have said yes to that, but you did, so here we go. And um, I think... <laughs> I took the whole like Shadowhunter Codex book that was written and just like retrofitted it to make sense for my character to be there. And she's from an alternate timeline that actually exists in the book series, but I didn't know that when I wrote it. So cool, double cool. Thanks for backing me up, author. And um, so I'm making the Seraphlades like they are in the TV show, but the outfit is going to be like it is in the book. And that's a very, where do you start? Because it's not well described. I mean, like, yeah, it's black. It has hardened leather in certain places. But I just have, like, a Pinterest board of, like, a million pins that I'm going to take that million pins and go shooka, shooka, shooka. And whatever, like, falls out as the, the ending result of an amalgamation of all the pieces that I think would look like what she's describing. Um, and then same book series but uh it's a legendary sword and one of the tricky parts is that she's kind of changed how she's described this sword through the different series and so when it started out it's so it's cortana which is a blade that actually exists in real life and in real legend and like one support one side is supposed to be dull but then on the book covers, it's not. And so like, I'm like, whatever, I'm just gonna do my own thing. And I'm currently working on one now. Um, like, thank you Cricket for, for helping me out because I haven't heat done it yet, but I've got it just sort of etched in the middle and I'm gonna do my best to just make it like she described it. So this sounds actually significantly more complicated than than starting from scratch. Because I was thinking you were going to be like, yeah, I'm a Slytherin. I get to pick out my own wand. It's not from the movie. No. Which no. I have absolutely done. You know how neurotic you get about finding like screenshots and you're like, where's the underside of this? What does the backside of this button look like? Like, I have to know. And um, it's like that, but with words instead. And it's a nightmare. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like did my toe in book cosplays. I feel this is from a book cosplay. I feel. <laughs> so let's talk about book cosplays. Like, do you find that to be rewarding? Do you find it to be recognizable? Like, what sort of experience is it when you're pulling from a book? Although it is, I do remember, like, like ninety six 
97 or around that time when you started to see Harry Potter cosplayers Mm -hmm. when the movies hadn't come out. Hi, I was one of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. um, But I, uh, I've, I've cosplayed from, from a book that was almost unknown and it was going to be a, I was going to be working for at a booth. Uh, but then stuff happened completely out of everyone's control. It ended up not happening. But I still had the costume. I still wanted to wear it. I still loved the character and the book. It was uh, Lauren from the Nightblade series. And this vest is actually from that thing. And I made it double-sided because this, Lor- this is the actual Lauren side. This is the side because I wanted to have something else for Renfair. Um, <laughs> but I really loved being able to interpret a couple rough drawings and a book description into my own idea of what is a luxurious black cloak and what is you know this is vest and you know loose pants it's a very simple outfit but I got to make my own interpretations and I found it rewarding because I had a whole bunch of pieces that I could then use for Renfair and other original characters but also the people who did know who I was lost their minds absolutely lost their minds so if people recognize that you are cosplaying from a book that they that they recognize or love that they don't see very much you will be standing there for about 15 minutes minimum i haven't cosplayed from a book uh, myself but i think it, it, it has that feeling of everyone's going to read a book and you take the words completely differently than somebody else's and so movie directors i mean you see harry potter and stuff and a lot of people would have some of the characters, different skin colors, different uh, races, all that kind of stuff, uh, different hair, all, just everything that what one person interprets isn't going, might not be what you interpreted it as if, because books aren't going to have 100% all of the fine details of what a person looks like. And and it's kind of one of the beautiful things about book cosplay because you can interpret yeah. it, you can make take that spin, and it's like, yeah, that is that is your canon, and that is own it. Yes, that is your as your canon. You can be that character for your own head canon. Like somebody pointed this out that in Twilight, Edward is described down to just the minutia, mm-hmm. just every single thing, and then yeah. Bella is AKA pants. Because anybody can just pick her up and put her on. It's mm-hmm. just pants. And so she is whatever you want her to be. She is you. She's better in the book, by the way. Just Well, and in the book, they describe <laughs> Edward as wearing khakis a lot. And I'm like, he's supposed to be a heartthrob. Like, like, <laughs> why? I, I forgot about that, but yeah, that track. <laughs> I don't I think I, that. Oh. oh, we're kind of talking oh, yeah. about and bagging on some. Apparently we just need to throw some shade this time. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit of shade. Um, What is the draw then to finding these fandoms that you love and saying, I'm not going to cosplay any of those characters. I'm going to cosplay my own character in this world. Because then you get to put yourself in that universe. I mean, imagine you got sucked through the TV or into a book and you're like, I'm here. What am I wearing? What am I doing? This is amazing. What do I look like? You know, and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And it's a potential to have like possibly like better style compared to what they put the other characters in. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we've all had that fantasy, right? I mean, we've all had that fantasy of getting sucked into your favorite story. How many Monica played RPGs? Like <laughs> Monica's fantasy is to enter a world and have better fashion sense, and I love that. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, please. Legit- Functional armor for one. I mean. They're- the amount of time that we spend on shopping episodes in in uh, in my game <laughs> and in uh yeah because <laughs> like I, know. No, I want my character to be dressed better than shopping. I am. So we do need to switch gears a little bit now to move on to the next topic, which I think a lot of you will have something to contribute to, if not all of you, and that's cosplaying and its relationship to role playing. Particularly, I know Sam and Monica. It's a lot of role play. A is, lot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, how does how does um, the costume help inform your play experience? My first ever D and D character that I've created was a half elf, um, draconic um, female called Kaera, and I actually did the yeah. cosplay for the very first time at my first Gen Con, and I wore the costume. I I put everything together keeping in mind that I had um, light armor and then kind of like the druid, the druid look, you know, with the antlers and everything. And Gen Con, obviously, like I, I had to go to one of the rooms and actually um, go and pick up a game because we're there. And it's just, you know, the, the ballroom and everything with all the gamers. Um, it enhanced it, it. It really did enhance it a lot. And I feel like I'm not the only one affected with the look while we were playing. I feel like my fellow players were also getting into my character because I'm dressed up as my character. So while we're playing, it it was so much enjoyable. And everyone in the table kind of wished that they did dress up as well. So I I didn't know like at that time that you can actually do that because there there always has been like like back in the day like a few years ago cosplaying was not really big in gaming conventions and sometimes it was a little bit frowned upon but I was like you know what whatever if they don't like it then they don't they don't like it I'm just gonna go in there have a great time my cosplay cosplaying my character cosplaying my RPG character and just you know? Yeah, I would see, like, at, at, at gaming conventions, there would be, like, a few, like, maybe a, a dozen people who were hardcore LARPers who would dress up for the LARPs that were held in in a couple of the rooms. And they would change costumes multiple times a day for different characters. And it's like, okay, that looks like a lot of fun. But I cosplay at all these other conventions. This is my chill con. Uh, that was mainly <laughs> what I do. But, um, I have actually found a lot of joy in dressing up as my D&D characters when doing even just little little pieces of it when I'm doing online sessions. I have three weekly games. Um, and uh, actually a, a friend and I, we got together and did full body paint. One of the one of the characters that was on my opening slide, uh, Safira, my pirate captain. Uh, she, my friend and I, we got together and we ended up both being in character in dressed up during our Wednesday game. And it really added to things like even if I'm not dressed up, I still I keep my my fangs nearby and my captain hat nearby. So I just have a little bit and it there's a level of confidence that it helps and it helps remind me that I'm in character. I need to remember to have this accent or like mm-hmm. it's it really, really helps. And and having um actually weirdly having 
wearing the corset, wearing the costume, it makes me hold myself slightly differently. And it's, <laughs> it, it makes it easier to react in character. I think I've had some of my most emotional moments when I have like that bit of that little bit of makeup, that little bit of stuff. Before we move on to the next topic, there is one thing I did want to bring up since we are talking about role playing and that is our cousins over in the furry community. I think they get a bad rap. So Vander, I, I know you have a little bit of knowledge or um, some, or people in your life who have, or who can speak to it. Can you please put some, we'll call them stereotypes to rest about our poor furries who get the bad rap? So furries, not a sex cult. Not, it's not, <laughs> it's not exclusive. No, it's not. <laughs> Um, basically how I got into, I'm going to call it a fandom because it, it basically is, um, it, it's a, it's more of a costume appreciation. Um, I consider it a skill. It, it's the, a lot of, a lot of furries work with, uh, upholstery foam and stuff to make their suits because you're building something out. It hasn't been till recently that it's been, um, like resin and people I've seen people do 3d printed faces and whatnot. And then yes, normally you would cover it in fur. Um, and it's kind of grown from that. So yeah, you're, uh, most furries are basically, they're making a, uh, anthropomorphic character. So a humanized animal. Bipedal essentially version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're basically making a mascot suit. Uh, that's what it is. It's a mascot suit. It's yeah, a very it's an art. glorified well, like, mascot suit. It is an art Isn't to the make difference a good between a character in a costume, a story. So they they created like a whole persona. And I mean, and then they act as that persona. I know things from watching movies. I mean, like, and mm-hmm. so I don't know a whole lot. But it seems to me like they're deep into the whole original like they all all of them it's like the only fandom where everybody's making their own original character mm-hmm. except for maybe like D, but like that's different because that's an actual game with rules and dice and you know you sit around a table this is like well i guess any any larping you're just okay so it's larping mm-hmm. right it's without, larping it's another form of larping dms yeah it's like open world Mm-hmm. And there are online communities that do ex- that do uh, establish these characters and have uh, will have you know backstories and they will write stories with other people. It's another way to connect with others and tell stories because I think that's what original characters end up being is a way to tell stories with other people. Oh, like two extra limbs. So much. Your so so people eater is great. It's great. <laughs> oh yeah, it's this my is favorite my color too. Basically, introduction into kind of the community and fursuiting and whatnot. Um, I never considered myself a furry because I'm like, well, I don't like being, I don't, I never created an animal. It was always monsters. But if you. Both dragon fursuits, I see. Yeah. No, the, the, scalies, so there's furries, there's scalies, there's feathers, there's, um, and I would be considered a kaiju because I do monsters. I love um, that. 
I didn't know that. And, but yeah, there, there's all these kind of subcategories now. And so, yeah, but yeah, he's completely upholstery foam so he can squish. Oh, oh that's so nice for packing purposes. That, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my God. Purple Peep Leader has I seen some stuff. Has seen many years I, I think he's about 10 years old now. Yeah. Um, Wait, the thing about it, like, they do get the bad rap of, of it being a sexual thing. Where yeah, definitely. I, I'm not even sure where that came from. I mean, media online media. Yeah. Yes, there are people who do it, but it's very little. I mean, if and it you has to be in private, cosplay, and it's not the it's not the the common. It's not. No, you imagine cosplaying and stuff, and how much you spent on that. Do you really want to get down and dirty in that costume? No. <laughs> it's usually the cheapest for for a suit is maybe 500 and it just goes up from there and that's if you materials if you made it yourself kind of thing yeah like, basically yeah. so far it's expensive that's you in a thousand um, hours of your life uh-huh. oh yeah <laughs> but yeah no it, it's it's very surreal going to a specific specifically a furry convention because you go there and there's kind of the it's not a rule rule but they've kind of personified the rule of when you are in your suit, when your head is on, you are your character. And most of the, a lot of them don't talk. They just uh, pantomime stuff. It's, it's very um, expressive. And it's honestly some of the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and no, you go through the dimension. And so everyone is in some kind of costume to partials where, which is basically they just have a head and maybe a pause or something to full suits, which is the full, you're covered head to toe in a costume. And everyone is acting in character and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's it really surreal. I mean, basically you go to a con and suddenly you are in this world where these creatures exist and it's just a giant LARPing session, basically. And, and yeah, it, it's great. I, I love... I haven't gone to a lot of them. Um, I want to go to more just because it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's actually a, a really good community. And yeah, I, I basically the learning how to do fursuiting has helped me in a lot of other areas with cosplaying. Um, I've learned how to pattern things from a 3D model. I've learned how to use upholstery foam in other ways. I've made a fat suit. Um, for some characters and whatnot using those techniques and and so they get a bad rap just because a lot of them are more socially awkward because it's very much the I'm putting on a costume because that's where I feel comfortable that is how I get out of my bubble when I'm hiding behind a mask a lot of them again they don't talk but they'll um, some of them have started doing sounds and whatnot um I can make my own squeaks. And so I did that. There's people who have the kind of like the bird whistles or whatever to make squeaks, or they'll have like squeaky toys in their paws and stuff. And that's how they communicate. It's, it's the, okay. It's like effective. Or yes, or whatever, the multiple squeaks for I'm excited or whatever. And so that has been a way to c- incorporate sound. Now I have to go. I have to. <laughs> I, it sounds for somebody who likes the characterization of the cosplays, it sounds like that would be a really fun place to go where everybody is approaching it from the same point of view. It is a lot um, like a LARP. But we do need to sw- move on to LARPing because I, Kim, mm-hmm. this is going to be right in your wheelhouse. Uh, cosplay, I, I have seen that cosplaying for wearing in the world 
is different than cosplaying for LARPing, primarily because you do hit each other. So let's talk there, about that. I mean, there's a lot that goes on in LARPing. And so uh, first and foremost, most of the LARPs that you see or know about, like think role models, right? This is a, the, uh, the sword, sword and sorcery, dragons and, and, and things. Um, and so, yeah, you're usually out there for like a weekend or something. And so you create, that is where really your character becomes the core centerpiece of it all. And you might, that's where the stash comes in also. Like when you're making uh, a, your, your kit, your character kit for a LARP, you're like a lot of Renaissance Festival items make it in there. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, like that's, and it's a lot of stuff that people don't make, um, which is why when you were saying, I was like, when you asked me, do you make original characters and cosplay them? I was like, I LARP. So yes, question mark, because like, am I making everything in my outfit? Am I making the pants? Probably not. Um, versus like when you are cosplaying a, a character that's already been created, which is what I consider cosplay to be really, is like cosplay is where you're recreating a character. Um, when you're creating a character, then you're just a character creator and a costume designer. And like, that's just, you're, you're in the same boat as the person who originally made, uh, you know, Wonder Woman's outfit. Like you're just there trying to figure out how to put these pieces together to make a character make sense. And anybody who makes the outfit after you is cosplaying. But when you're creating your own thing and it's a LARP, you're more like, how can I not smell bad for three days in a row? My shirt color is going to change. Like <laughs> then it becomes more of like a wardrobe for your character versus like Wonder Woman other than the blue dress. And in the future, you know what I mean? She's like, she's in, that's that's the outfit. Like, that's it. That's all she wears. Xena, that's all she wears. Captain, you know, like maybe it changes a little from series to series, but like they have their costume. You have a character and then you have a wardrobe. It's more like a TV show oh, where you wear cool. things it's, like- It's like designing a style. Right, like, like your character would wear and like those- big pieces that you either spent a lot of time or money on that are probably leather you're gonna wear all the time the key pieces and then the other pieces like shirts anything that's gonna absorb sweat really like that's gonna be interchangeable unless you buy five of the same type like have six I, different peasant shirts but you only got the one corset uh-huh i love the idea of designing a wardrobe for your character like who doesn't want to do that I bet Monica is like, yes, I'll design a fashion line. Yeah. Yeah. Which yes. I want to do, by the way. So we should talk later. So Sam and Xander, you both do scary, essentially LARPing. You're haunters. I don't know what that is. So can you tell <laughs> we, us what that is? Uh, we actually, we, got, we spent quite a few years working together at a local haunted house where we would spend four to five hours or four to seven hours at some long nights in a row in full costume uh, uh, full, uh you know becoming a character and scaring the pants off of people and like do you create your own characters in those situations or is somebody handing you a costume sometimes 
It kind of depends, uh, haunt to haunt. Um, the one we specifically worked at, for the most part, they designed like all the rooms and they had a theme. And so they designed specific characters that they wanted in those rooms because they were telling a story. I play the Bloody um, Bride, they, which was very specifically, a, we have this kind of character, but I got to figure out how she was a creepy ghost. And, and yeah, and basically the owner and the costume designer and all basically the whole staff and whatnot uh, very much encouraged people to come in with their ideas. And that is where that's where the monochrome circus actually started was um, I, I, put it together for, I put it together for a photo shoot and I basically showed a picture to our head and said hey do you like this and he said yeah come on in and so I got to wear it that day and got pictures and all that stuff and so I wore it a couple other times and then I was like okay I'm gonna actually make a character and what is this character because yeah it's um he very much wanted to be be a storyteller while scaring the crap out of people Mm -hmm. um because there are going to be people who come in who just aren't scared and so it's you want to still be able to entertain them and so you're creating even if you are being a character um being a costume that they already have designed and whatnot they're like okay here's kind of the story now give it your own your own flair um this this character is a fortune teller who's been in this house or whatnot and is decrepit and old but you is she friendly grandma decrepit and old or is she creepy old lady? Yeah, like, you kind of get to create like exactly because each person is going to be going to act differently and whatnot. Um, but yeah, basically through that, I started specifically creating care, getting ideas, creating characters going, I want to wear this, but I'm designing it, designing it for the haunt and whatnot. And so I created quite a few characters actually to where I've worn the purple people eater in the haunt, which may or may not have been a good idea um, wearing <laughs> for six hours in no air conditioning, no airflow situation. Haunting is hard. Straight up haunting is hard. It is hard work. I did <laughs> seven years or so with them. And I did it. I've done the last character that I created was a librarian where I got to, it's like, okay, here's your room. Oh, you brought in your own costume. Okay, work with it. Oh, yeah, you have a library. Go for it. It's like, and so I, I created a character that could quip back at people, and I had, like, cataract lenses. So it was it was very much a, here's a room, and a, you're standing there for an hour, for hours, at times with, like, no one coming in for five minutes at a time. So it's like, my mind's going to wander, and I'm going to think of a story for this character that I just was given. And so as the night goes on, you've built your character. And so in your head, you're continuing a scene that you are mumbling to yourself when everybody's coming in like you're a crazy person. And then when they make a joke about an anime and you quit back with a reference to said anime and they lose their minds for the rest of the haunt, you feel very, very rewarded. Now we are becomes a character mm-hmm. out of boredom. Exactly. It happens. I've said some of the great best characters have been created out of boredom. <laughs> so that's what this are, one is. <laughs> we are getting close to um, having to wrap it up. We're running out of time. So the last thing that I, I really want to ask is, has anybody worn a, an original character? Monica, you mentioned that you had. Have, have you worn it to a con 
And is there a different feeling when you're wearing a character that nobody knows? Because we all go to cons hoping people will recognize us. But when you're wearing an original character, you know no one is going to. So um, that happens a lot, whether or not I'm wearing an original character. Because um, I do a lot of cosplays that are like from characters from board games that not a lot of people are familiar with. But the original characters, I, I feel like for the most part, I, I have a different experience with it because like people actually like my original characters more than my cosplay characters for some weird reason. They they like um, the color schemes that I pick and like they ask more questions about it. I, I feel like because when people see like there's something original, it's kind of an, there's like an intrigue or like a, like people get suspicious and ask where it's from. I don't know what you are, but I like it kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like something like that. Like my mermaid one that I did a shoot for it. A lot of people like really liked that a lot. And it was just something that I've created. Um, I actually get more, um, yeah, like just more interactions with people and people asking me how, like all the techniques that I brought in just creating that character. Xander, I think I've seen you at cons more often in original characters than I have in in recreated characters. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I love wearing them. Um, it, it, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely interesting being an original character. Um, I, I feel more, I definitely feel happier when people come up saying, oh, I love your costume, whatever, because then it's the, you love something that I made 100% rather than, oh, I love your character. And he's like, your costume looks good type of thing. Um, so it, it's that compliment of not only do I love your costume, but I also love the character you created. Um, and yeah, no. And it's it's definitely interesting uh, when, so when I made Monochrome Circus, one of the features I specifically made kind of the rule to make with it, not only that it had to be 100% black and white, was uh, all the characters had to have black and white striped horns. That was also during the time when Homestuck first was a thing. And if you don't know Homestuck, they are, uh, the trolls are gray-skinned characters with candy corn striped horns and apparently there's some that have white skin and I, I don't know I don't actually know all the series but when uh friends and I were at conventions there were quite a few people who thought we were from Homestuck and it's like yeah no <laughs> we're, we're not with them <laughs> um which is funny because it's it, it starts that conversation of hey I totally know what you're from um, and it's like, no, you actually don't. And so it gives you an opportunity to say something about your character, why you did something. Um, yeah, I've started doing a lot of original characters mainly because uh, those are just a lot of times because those are the costumes I've been making more. Um, it, it, it's just it's a lot of fun to kind of that be that character and just kind of show show off and whatnot um there was a joke when 
uh, one of my characters was when people took, and I was just hanging out with friends doing other characters and whatnot, that um, whenever a lot of people, when they wanted to take our picture, they wanted me in the picture, even though I wasn't a part of the series or anything. And so it was always that joke that, well, I'm an OC of the series now. <laughs> Has anybody else worn a, you've worn original characters to cons? So apart from the aforementioned when I made the the Queen's Guard outfit and then I went and anytime I wasn't around the rest of the Amazons and Wonder Woman, people were like, who are you? I made an Amazon 1999-2000. I made an Amazon outfit from Xena, like reminiscent of the Amazons in Xena. And um, I wore that around the Renaissance Festival. And people just still yelled out Xena. Anyway, it looked nothing like Xena at all. So when you are like anything approximate to what they know, they're going to shove it into the frame of reference that they have for whatever you're wearing. And so even though it was, it was a two piece. I mean, I had midriff. I was skinnier. And, and like Xena doesn't wear a two piece. Everybody knows that. But people are still like Xena, and I'm like, no, I made a look. This was a this is an original design out of pieces of leather I already had. <laughs> is it because oh. you're brunette? You just give off the Xena vibes. I guess like compliments. Well, there's a thing that like women. <laughs> cosplaying your face. Mm -hmm. It just happens, and yeah. when I'm skinnier, I look like Natalie Portman, and um, so oh, I see it. Like people who, yeah, just imagine me. Like, I was screamed at to cosplay Ray. I get it. Um, you know, and it, so it doesn't matter. Like, if you fit into the box that they've just like decided that that's what you are, you're like, oh, you're that troll thing, or you're Xena, even though it's not. And you're like, I, I was once wearing Shira, and people called me Wonder Woman because it's all they have. <laughs> They were like <laughs> the lady. I was a lady that was dressed as a superhero. Warrior lady. Wonder Woman. Must be Wonder Woman. Yeah. When, like, when I was dressed as She-Hulk, someone thought I was Femme Beast Boy. Oh. Sit on that for a second. <laughs> but then don't you feel like the biggest nerd being like, <laughs> I mean, I but a little let bit. Me point out for you all of the ways in which this is a very different costume. And let, let me let me inform you, children. Though I would, I did not say it in in such a way, but I did let them know how uh, how awesome She Hulk is. So <laughs> we do we do have to wrap it up. We have reached the end of the amount of time that we have. So before we end, I do want everybody to go around one more time and say, um, tell us your name, where we can find you on social media, and um, any brief final thoughts that you have. We'll start with Xander. So I'm Xander of Xander Panda Cosplay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Xander Panda Cosplay. Um, and if you have an idea, just just go for it. If it's as simple as a sweatshirt and pants with a wig, or if it's as complicated as making a complete armored character, just go for it. I am Kim. Those who call me Kim. Um, you can find me at mostly the 
thank you to people for knowing what I I'm got doing. it. Um, the Epic Nerd Camp Facebook group is mostly where we are, which we didn't get into like, how do you dip your toe into LARPs? My recommendation is either at like a convention or at something like Epic Nerd Camp where you can kind of buffet style, just like, I want to try it for like an hour or two. And then like, I liked that or I didn't kind of thing. And that's my final thought. Hi, I'm Monica Peprocki. I am from Geeks Agogo. You can find me at Geeks Agogo everywhere on all of the social media accounts. And um, my takeaway from this um, panel is um, don't be afraid to be original because you never know who's watching and you'll never know who you can encourage or inspire. Um, I am Mama Samu. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. If, if there's a Mama Samu, it's probably me. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I've managed to claim it and I'm proud of that. Uh, so um, I'd say uh, takeaway from this panel would be do be inspired by anything. Um, every book that you loved started as an original character that someone wanted to tell the story of. So don't be afraid to tell your story. And I'm Abby of Abby Cat Cosplay. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook for under Abby Cat Cosplay. And for me, getting knowing your character, whether you're cosplaying somebody you've made up yourself or you're cosplaying somebody that you know, knowing your character and why they do what they do, why they wear what they wear, why they go where they're going, those can help your cosplay experience be so much more fun in general. So do that for your original characters. Do that for the ones that you're going to wear anyway, just because why not? It's so much fun. And you can find us all in the SheProp community on Facebook. So please join the SheProp community. It is open to women, trans, and non-binary artists, makers, cosplayers. We would love to have you. It's an incredibly supportive environment. So panelists, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and, you for having us. Uh, and check out our... YouTube channel and podcast for more panels. Bye.